0: Welcome to Sonosphere, the podcast that explores the sounds all around us, and art and music movements through history. On this month's episode, we feature Kai whose album Branches of the Sun will be released on March 9th. Enjoy! My name is Markus Sieber. I'm the founder and initiator of the project AOKAI. I'm a, a musician and composer from, originally from Germany, from Berlin, and now in Colorado living. I started playing music when I was like about 14 years old, more seriously. This was in a time where the, I, I grew up in East Germany, so in communist system. This was, was a, an, an important time when kind of change happened in East Germany, and uh, there was a lot of political movement. So in in East Germany, music it was used as a way to to say something about the system in a kind of disguised way. So you could s- sing some lyrics which are kind of in different ways interpretable. You know, like you could interpret them in 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 different kind of ways. This was obviously as a teenager this is very interesting to get into this kind of realm of um, being like uh, for something or being part of a movement which changes the world you know. So um, yeah this was an important time to start music and then when the wall came down in 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 89 um, I moved from a little village where I lived I moved to to a, a city near Berlin Potsdam, I don't know if you know them, if if you know it, it's uh, an hour from Berlin. And then, uh, which was very interesting that um, many people, or there was a lot of properties which didn't have an an owner in this time because the owner may have lived in West Germany. And so until they figured out who was the owner of these buildings, so there was a lot of possibility for squatting houses. There was a huge squatting scene, and uh, with the squatting scene, a lot of music happened, a music scene, which was, was super uh, vivid and uh, vibrant. And uh, we tried out all the drugs who came and, you know, all that kind of really getting deep into kind of rock and roll and punk rock music in that time. After four years of that, like traveling in a tour van through Germany with a, with a band I had, I uh, kind of decided to study acting in theater in Berlin and, and dropped the music. For some years, the acting, yeah, same, same, uh, like, same kind of thing. Like, you get an impulse that you think, oh, I should do acting. You know, I was 19 or 20 years old. That's interesting. I should try out something else. I'm done with the music now. You know, I had it for four years already. <laughs> like, um, as a young kind of person, you always try to to reach out to, and and seek for new new stuff. And um, so the acting came across. And at the same time, I came together with a girl, which she was an actress already, and I said, oh, okay, let's, let's try this out. So I um, applied in, in Berlin in acting school, um, school for performing arts, and um, they took me, and this was like four years of education, and then after this, I started like um, getting projects in for um, film, TV in Germany, and this lasted, let's say, maybe four years, Then I went to a theater festival in Edinburgh in Scotland and I met a beautiful woman there from Mexico. (laughs) And uh, we came together and uh, after two years of back and forth I decided to move to Mexico. So I dropped acting. thing was like an important thing for me because I always wanted to kind of travel and far away and try new things especially when like growing up in East Germany where the farthest uh, distance was kind of 500 kilometers to to travel you know we always were dreaming as kids like we were standing in front of the world map and dreaming of wow we should go there we should go there you know so um, I think it was kind of part of kind of dealing with my history to really wanted to travel far and um, I was excited to to learn a new language Spanish and uh, get into a completely new society and um, in this time I was not thinking much about the acting anymore I was just like soaking it all up all the influences and news and what I totally loved in, in Mexico and Latin America was kind of that that it's that they don't have this kind of boxy kind of thing so much like we had in Germany, like let's say, punk rock musicians only listen to punk rock music, and then, you know, classical musicians only classical music. So there in Mexico, it's all mixed up. It's um, it's more like um, um like in, uh, young people hang out with old people. Traditional music is part of modern music, um, and uh, this was a great experience for me. So um, after a few years of that, I, I picked up music again and. Uh, I started actually a, a, a kind of spiritual music project with my wife, Mexican wife. She was like uh, had been involved in a band called Cielo y Tierra, which was um, a pretty pretty known act in in Mexico. They had a Warner Bros. Uh, a record deal and um, playing bigger shows. And then she split up from this band and uh, did her own project. And I kind of started because I was in Mexico I kind of started to support her and play guitar for it compose some pieces with her and then we started traveling in in Mexico uh touring and playing concerts doing some albums and then later I I kind of remembered okay but what, what what was the connection between music theater film and uh, I started Aokai, which was a vision. The vision of Aokai is kind of to to kind of be able to um, provide music for eventually for performing arts or for cinematic uh, like a cinematic expression. Going back to the roots in that way. that I wanted to make music for movies in, uh, specifically. It was more like, the when I, when I was an actor in this time, I really um, uh, leaned much to it, how the music and the acting comes along with each other. In, in terms of cinematic music, I didn't think, okay, it has to be, of course it would be great if it maybe also is used for concrete projects. But in, in, in the first place, it was more like inviting the listener into an imaginary world, in a sima- cinematic world where images and memories kind of come up through the music, where there's a space in the music which allows the listener kind of to come up with his own fantasies about it, you know. So, um, but uh, talking about composers, I mean, I listened to uh, the first time I came across the Ron Rocco was listening to Gustavo Santolaya, no? his music uh, for um, Babel and Brookback Mountain and. Uh, um, was something completely new, and um, I think everyone was like, What's that? And this was the Ron Rocco, this Argentinian instrument. And um was one of the reasons that I really wanted to try this out. So I ordered one in, in, in Argentina from a Lutia, and once I got it, I got totally caught up with it. It's a lovely little instrument. <laughs> summertime and then in the wintertime I kind of come to Colorado recently because it gives me usually it did and this was the first winter where I didn't even snow <laughs> it was very strange um, so but la- last, the last winters I really came here and I, I did enjoy to be stable in one place not traveling that much um, and um, so my neighbors they had a cabin a guest cabin on this beautiful lake called the Turtle Lake and I set it up with the recording gear. Um, On my first album, I I, I went actually back to Berlin, to Martin Heine in in the studio Berlin, which was great to make this connection to my roots to Berlin again. So on this album, I wanted to have more time in recording things, not just go in the studio or get it done in one or two days, three days. You know, you have the studio time and somebody else is sitting there. He wants to kind of go home or whatever. I wanted to have all the time I could get. So... I set up this, this studio cabin at the lake, and um, and I I basically did not go in with done pieces. The pieces came out of improvisation, came out of like uh, just being there, dreaming around, fooling around, you know. And I for, for a whole month I just recorded, recorded, recorded stuff without even thinking or judging it, should I do something with it, or is it good enough, or should I, you know, in which direction should it go? <clears throat> and then I had two months break, and I, I looked back to it um, two months later, and then I started to decide, okay, this is good, or this is not so good, and then making decisions, and um, in this process, I already started inviting uh, musicians because this is also a, a concept of our Kai. it's not a one-man show, don't want to be the only one doing this, it's like really like the interaction between musicians. And uh, so I have a great ensemble of, of, of friends, basically, who I can really count on, who really understand my vibe and my inner world. And so, yeah, I started inviting them. Anne Muller in Berlin, for instance, she's a great cellist. She plays um, a lot with Niels Fram and uh, Agnes Obel, And she, um, um, yeah, she completely fits to this music. her her sound and how she kind of responds to this. And then uh, Jamshi Charifi, he's in New York City, Um, support user, has done tons of stuff, has done uh, with Sting on Broadway, but also Laurie Anderson or whatever. He's a great companion and uh, he plays uh, some piano parts and uh, also my brother Alexander from Berlin, he's he's originally, when I started acting, studied acting, he He studied dancing, he was a contemporary dancer. And after this, he started like uh, creating music for contemporary dance. So he works in Berlin for that, Uh, yeah. Yeah, I I leave the mixing to people who really understand that, you know, Martin is someone who is incre- yeah incredible. Um, his understanding for sound, his, the gear he has in the studio, and it's, um, the same like we have a good chemistry together. He totally understands what's going on. But, um, it's totally effortless every time we work together. And- was very good to have the time first for myself to kind of um put out or really like dig into myself and um no don't uh, without having any uh, influences from outside i don't listen to music when i do that you know i, I, I just want to especially if you listen already all day long your own music you can't go home and listen to some other music you know i see it already fully <laughs> totally and um so um I, th- I think it was very important to have the time of fooling around and playing around. <laughs> and then it's, it's very nice to, to see what does this music then do to an, another musician? How does the intuition of the other musician respond to that? So I, I, I like to work with people who go completely intuitive into this process without thinking, I oh, it should be like this, it should be like this, like just responding to the sound, just responding to the melody. And having this, um, and for me, that's that's uh, like a very, yeah, sacred process, kind of, to see how somebody responds to that, and then maybe work with the person a little bit more concrete, like saying, "Ah, oh, this was great. Let's work on that, and let's go in this direction." Also, the violin player, I have to mention him, Bogdan Chukic. He's a Serbian violin player. He lives in Mexico, and um, He's uh, super intuitive and uh, emotional responding, so it's 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 great. We we recorded actually his violin like I think in somewhere in a motel on the road or you know uh, all the time. It kind of we had a little spare time and uh, we had some great recording gear and and it's um, yeah it's spontaneous spontaneous moment. I did not think when I started with Alkai. I did not think at all to play shows. It was more like this kind of playing around, um, trying things out with Ron Rocco. But now it's um, there's more movement and uh, momentum happening for the project. So we we start one pilot uh, concert release uh, release concert in Dresden, in near my home place actually in the in a beautiful venue and um, this will be on june 10th it will be the first kind of okay try it out kind of thing how does it work live well i i I want to invite the people the audience to go into this kind of profound listening and intimate kind of situation so we will make work with lights video projections and try to make the whole evening like a kind of this multimedia experience where it's like you have images moving and nice light. This has been an independent production of Sonosphere, produced by Amy S. and Chris Williams. Check us out at sonospherepodcast.com. Subscribe on iTunes and check us out on SoundCloud. Thanks for listening.